Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Today's show is the best. If you're listening for the first time or if you're an avid listener and you haven't already, if you're listening on an Apple, iPhone, iOS device or something like that, go into the Apple Podcast Store and leave us a review. It helps far more than you know and I always very much appreciate the support. So thank you guys for always doing that for us. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Racing on the Rocks. All one word on Instagram and all broken up on Facebook. So today's episode is powered by Supergrip ATV Tires. They have recently released their XT version of the tire. This tire is a same tread, same compounds, just more rubber in the tire. Same one inch tread depth, eight ply sidewalls, but what they've actually done is they've increased the amount of rubber that is in every ply on the XT tires. You're probably asking yourself, well, I have the standard tires, is there really that much of a difference? I'll be honest with you, I've ran my 30 inch tall Super Grip ATV K9 tires for almost uh, nine months now. And I haven't had any issues out of them. Um, I have to air them up every once in a while, but I think that's because of my beadlocks. So I haven't noticed any rips or tears or anything like that in the sidewall. I did opt for the more expensive Kevlar version. I highly recommend it because of the experience I've had with it, uh, just not being an issue you know, in terms of flats or anything like that. But from this point on, if you buy Supergrip ATV K9 tires, you will see that they are the XT edition and every tire from this point on will have a little bit more rubber in the sidewall, making it just a little bit of a stronger tire. SupergripATV.com and SupergripATV on Facebook and Instagram, and you can find them at all major tire retailers in the UTV world, that is. Next on the show is DinoJet Research Inc. If you're looking for a little bit more pep in your UTV, uh, snowmobile, or even motorcycle application, DinoJet Research Inc. is the place for you. I run their Stage 2 kit, which came with adjustable clutch flyweights and an upgraded um, clutch spring that actually is in the actual primary spring or primary clutch there. The Stage 2 kit comes with two different types. I ran to run, or excuse me, I chose to run the intermediate of the two. So if you look at stock, it's the softest. The They send you two springs, one intermediate and one extra tough uh, heavy boy and I chose to run the intermediate because I'm only running a heavy 30 I didn't actually need to go upgrade to the full complete uh, 32 and you know paddle tire rated spring so I highly recommend it I got it adjusted to within 50 rpms of where they recommended uh, the rpm should be at and let me tell you guys it really does wake the machine back up gets the point of engagement at the correct time and is something that I'm very proud to represent. Also comes paired with a PowerVision 3 tuner. So thank you to DinoJet Research Inc. and I'm hopeful that that will carry into 2021. Next up on the sponsorship list is iRate 4x4. iRate 4x4 has taken over the Pirate 4x4 uh, graveyard. So basically, Pirate 4x4 was sold out into a bunch of different advertising uh, vendors and things like that. And it seems that the spirit of the form is a little different than it used to be. I rate 4x4's goal is to recapture the initial feelings, the initial love that they have gotten from Pirate4x4.com. Now, if I may, it's a little bit different kind of love. It's a little bit of a tough love. This is a place where you're going to learn true information. You're going to get people's hard opinions. And it's not a place for the soft-hearted folk. It is the true nature of what 
online forums for rock crawling, off-road fabrication in general used to be. Irate4x4.com, I-R-A-T-E-4x4.com. Get up there, post your build thread, and start interacting today. promise you will enjoy it as much as I enjoy going on there and reading and learning as much as I can. I rate 4x4 on Facebook and Instagram. Next on the list is All Things UTV. All Things UTV is one of my favorite sponsors, really, because they make two products that I really, really enjoy, uh, that being the Razor Aid Inner Fender Liners. It's something I'll have on every single one of my machines. Uh, it's just the fact. It's a steel inner fender liner that prevents um, foreign objects, trees, rocks, things like that, from coming through the firewall on your UTV. I'll tell you this. I, uh, I've i seen multiple things on Facebook where trees and stumps come through and they'll you know hit an empty passenger seat or something like that. But uh, I've seen things where people have been impaled as well. So... I don't have any UTV without the Razor 8 inner fender liners. Another thing is the Axle Magic 2 from All Things UTV. If you ever break an axle with the CV stuck in either the differential or the transmission in particular, uh, it's really, really a big uh, pain in the butt to get out. So I highly recommend you guys check out the Axle Magic 2. That is patent pending by the owner of All Things UTV. You can find them at allthingsutv.com and All Things UTV on Facebook and Instagram. Now, my favorite sponsor, hands down, Diddy's Big Block Race Shop is your one-stop shop for shock maintenance, shock tuning, valving, coils, springs, the whole shenanigans, the whole nine yards. And I always highlight their shock tuning uh, and their shock capabilities because not a lot of people do that in the market. Uh, well, not a lot of people that are really good do it in the market. Chris at Diddy's Big Block Race Shop does an excellent job at putting some more life back into your suspension setup. But Chris actually does almost everything when it comes to the off-road, whether it's fabrication, builds, whatever it may be. Chris at Diddy's Big Block Race Shop does an excellent job. He can go from 0 to 100 and give you a full turnkey build or take the rig the last 5%, just completing the plumbing, wiring, and the things that are just a big pain in the butt. So I highly recommend you guys check out Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. They're super, super cost-effective, very efficient in how they get their systems done. And as of recently, Chris has gone full-time into Diddy's Big Block Race Shop, and I'm so excited to have him on board for 2021 as a sponsor. Um, Just everything we can do to pump that business right there, uh, it's going to be a goal of mine. So I'm really excited. I highly recommend their valving and stuff for UTVs. I run it on my machine. It's great. Number one, number one upgrade right behind all my safety equipment. Diddy's Big Block Race Shop on Instagram and Facebook. Last but not least, because I know that these are running a little long today, uh, last but not least, Infinite Off-Road has a 25-year you-break-it-they-fix-it warranty on all Infinite Off-Road products, including light bars, light pods, light whips, wheel rings, rock lights, and uh, they have two really cool things that I'm going to try here very soon. Uh, I'll be doing a little bit of riding probably around your area sometime in the 2021 uh time frame and I'm going to be showing off two really important things. It's going to be the chase light that Infinite Off-Road has. It is a single chase light with the coolest part. It's got flashing and you know brake lights, all the cool things that chase light should do. But one thing that's really great 
is when you mount it on the top of your roll bar to give that brake light effect. It also has a bed light. So you just kick on the bed light and you can see your cooler, your tools, everything in the back of your razor at night. Super beneficial. You don't have to get back there with your phone. It is like having a truck bed light. Really excited to try that from Infinite Off-Road. And the last but not least thing is their magnetic rock lights. Uh, don't know where to mount your rock lights. Don't like where they're mounted right now. Infinite Off-Road has developed a magnetic rock light system still involving all their pods and stuff. Everything's the same. They're just magnetic and movable. Super easy. Can't wait to try them. Infinite Off-Road believes in the show. So they give you guys 10% off infiniteoffroad.com with code word rocks. Okay. I know that was like a lot of words really fast, but I try to get through those ads for you guys because I know that the episode uh, is what you guys are here for. So today on the show, I have Shelby, I believe it's Shelby St. Clair Scott. Uh, I, I probably botched that Shelby. I'm going to do a little look here uh, while I'm sitting here. Uh, Shelby is running the, he's the announcer and runs a lot of the social media for um the Point One Off-Road Racing Series. Excuse me, Shelby Scott St. Clair. There we go. I knew I had some jumble of the words there. But Shelby's an awesome guy. Uh, there was a recent part with another organization, and uh, I'm really interested to see what Point One Racing does. This is a different style of interview from everything you've seen otherwise, so I really hope that you guys enjoy what we have. Without further ado, Shelby Scott St. Clair. Get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us, and let's talk about racing on the rocks. And just like that, the mics are hot. We have Shelby is on the line. Uh, Shelby, how are you, buddy? Man, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself, Jesse? Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, no problem. I'm I'm doing pretty good. I uh, it's we were talking a little bit before the show. It is rainy. It is cloudy, and it, I I uh, went to reach for a K cup in my box of coffee, and there was none left. So I am like running on fumes, but I am happy, and it is a Monday. I'm still here, so I'm feeling pretty good. How's your day going? Man, it's it's definitely a Monday. Uh, woke up about three thirty this morning. Kind of tossed and turned, couldn't go back to sleep. Got to the office about six this morning, and uh, it's just been a, a fun-filled day of working on computers and telephones and everything else. So, so what do you what do you daylight as? What's your day job? My day job, I'm the uh, network IT specialist for a international security company. Uh, I take care of all of North Texas, uh, West Texas, and New Mexico. Mm -hmm. uh, including El Paso uh, for now. And I'm also the quality assurance uh, specialist, I guess you could call me, for the same area. That's awesome. So I actually, uh, I'm a computer scientist. So I write code and do all that kind of fun stuff. So I understand the daily frustrations of technology. Uh, when it works, <laughs> it's great. And when it doesn't, it, uh, it is not so good. So yeah, I, definitely. Yeah. We just... We just made a big shift from Ignite to SharePoint, and you can imagine the headache that I've had there. Ooh. Now, see, we're on the flip side of that. We're going away from SharePoint to uh, just hosting all of our own stuff because it's to, you know it's like SharePoint does just enough for you that when you mm -hmm. get into like the like the developer side, it's like 
I need just a little bit more. So it's yeah, we're we're getting we're actually phasing out SharePoint. So that's that's a daily conversation in some of my meetings. That's pretty funny. It's daily here as well. So yeah, I understand the struggle. Yeah. Uh, well, so I'm you know just like we mentioned earlier, uh, I don't know you. I don't really am not 100% familiar uh, with who you are, what you do, what you've done. Uh, so if you don't mind, I mean, give me the short and sweet of who are you, Shelby? Okay. Uh, well, obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm Shelby Scott St. Clair. Um, I started off off-roading when I was probably 14, 15 years old, just like everybody else. I had a Jeep and I'd go find trails behind you know somebody's property at Deerwoods, et cetera. <laughs> and that was kind of my bug to the off-road world. And, and I really got out of it for the most part when I got married the first time because uh, my first wife was not into any kind of off-roading. She didn't like bugs or mud or dirt or anything. Mm -hmm. So I kind of let it slide. And then um, I got more into like fishing and hunting, et cetera. And then I got remarried back in 09 and my wife really wanted a Jeep. So me, I go all out if I'm going to do anything. So I built her a Jeep and we started riding up at hot Springs back around 2012. And it just, you know, the bug kind of hit. We went to a few races and I said, Hey, I want to, I want to build a tube chassis buggy. So we started building a buggy and it turned from a four slash five seater on Rockwells to a full on tube chassis race rig. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was known as Voodoo Child, which is now owned by a guy up in North Carolina named Justin Wills. Uh, I raced it for a full season and race one of 2020 of course 2020 has just been horrible so i'm just going to chalk it up to that uh race one um uh, sean cross it was over at uh, hawk pride in tuscumbia alabama sean cross needed help getting his rig to the race so i was like yeah sure man i'll just i'll drag the open trailer i'll put your buggy on the back i'll run by and pick it up well the way there it was i don't know probably 15 degrees and obviously i didn't have enough antifreeze in the motor it was just um I guess primarily water and it pushed all the freeze plugs out of the motor on the way to the race. So nice. if there is a possibility of breaking on a trailer, it would be me. Uh, you know, I broke every race in 2019 except one. And, you know, I was, I had a blast, but I was miserable the whole time. And I got so mad after the freeze plug incident um, I put it up for sale and my wife didn't even know I put it up for sale. I lost a ton of money on it. And, uh, Justin Wills said, Hey, I want to buy it. I said, okay, cool. It's yours. It's your headache now. And lo and behold, he really hadn't had many issues other than issues that he's created. Um, so from there, I kind of went back to just helping out the race series. Uh, you know, they were looking for help, needed somebody that had a big mouth and, Again, here I am standing with my hand up saying, hey, I, I can help with this. Yeah. And uh, my wife ended up helping in the timing tent. And uh, that's kind of where we got involved in the off-road racing side. Not necessarily the racing side, but in the behind-the-scenes side working for a series. Um, you know, I ran UTV and Big Bouncer all of 2019. Mm -hmm. So have you, in your race, you know, I'll call it race history, uh, did you primarily stick to one race series or did you dabble in all of the other race series? Um, my first ever race uh, was back in 20, I think it was 2017 rush anniversary bash. And it was a rental rig that I ran that, uh, do I know? 
Yeah, that was my first race, and I was as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocket chairs. And uh, <laughs> I got to the race, and, and uh, Justin Wills, man, had been teamed up for me to run his rig in that race, and he was going to run it as well. And it just so happened that I drew first. And, you know, I took off up the hill. The motor was spitting and sputtering. I was like, well, this ain't good. And it ended up dying and rolling back, and I rolled over. And I was like, okay, yep, I'm done. You know, I kind of threw my hands up like I'm done. I'm alive. The buggy's okay-ish. So let's go ahead and call it a day because I didn't want to tear it up for Justin because he still had to make mm-hmm. his runs. Uh, so that was my first race. And then I uh, got my buggy done, Voodoo Child, and uh, ended up building an RS1. Um, Yes, I'm one of those idiots that decided to, you know, rock bounce at uh, RS1. So um, I ran the first um, Southern Rock Racing race at Bridgeport, Texas, because it's real close to the house yeah. uh, back in February of 2019. And, I, you know, I had a pretty good run going in the RS1. Ended up taking a bad bounce. Ended up with my right rear trailing arm on a huge rock. And as soon as I went to go take off again, it just kind of flopped me over on my side. Uh, so that was the end of that day because it was my second pass, I believe. Um, and then I ran the entire outlaw season in 2019. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, I owned an RS one for a short period of time and, uh, they're yep. really fun cars. Like they're super nimble. They, it's so weird to compare them to a, uh, two seat or a four seat machine. The steering is just completely different. It really goes where you want it to at a, a really high rate of speed which is super cool. I, it just drives different. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a different perspective being smack in the middle of the car. Uh, so it's cool. I think it's cool. And Bridgeport is a notoriously, like especially their UTV course, that's rough. That is a it really was rough. rough course. Uh, yeah, it, a lot it was of a rock. It was a really rough course. And I had actually, you know, living here, I, I knew kind of what they were going to run, or at least I had a pretty good thought of what they were going to run. And I went down there two or three weekends before just to kind of pre-run. And it was ah, late January, probably it was cold, cold, cold. Mm-hmm. And I'm out there, you know, just helmet, gloves, and Hans. And I'm pre-running this course. And I'm blasting. I said, man, I got this. You know, I felt pretty confident about it. I had two or three tire failures that day because, I mean, that oh. place is rough on tires. Yeah. And, of course, we get into race mode. And, and I was, I'm not going to say I was dead last on the first hill, but I wasn't fastest, obviously. I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard to compete against Timmy Cameron and Brandon Davis and Paul Wolf and those guys. You're pretty but, good. I'm a new guy, right? I'm just showing up to have fun. I uh, never thought I'd win, never had any inclination I was going to win. I just wanted to go out and have fun. Plus, it was 30 minutes from the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I had a blast out there doing it. And, again, it's 30 minutes from the house. So, anytime there's something at that park, I'm loading up in the truck and I'm headed that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So, that's how Adventure Off-Road Park is for me. Uh, it's a little – it's about an hour and 15 on a good day. Uh, so, it's not too far. But – yeah, anytime Adventure Off Road Park has any kind of event, you know, doesn't matter what it is, I'll probably be there. Now, for those who listen to the show regularly, I will not be at the New Year's Eve event because um, my wife is due three weeks after that. Our baby is enormous, so he's probably going to come early, and uh, I don't, I don't, I just don't want to be away from her. So uh, I'll see you at the next event. But, but uh, let's talk about. Um, the events that have transpired in the past couple months, because obviously uh, that's the hot topics. And and I want to tell the listeners the same thing I told you. Um, you know, you your your crew has has 
been on a couple of different media outlets and you guys have talked a lot about, you know, the, some of the things in regarding the race series, how to sign up and things like that. And I'd like to cover all that stuff, uh, all the you know general topics uh, at the end. So everyone can get a refresher on how to sign up, where to sign up, entry fees, stuff like that, the basics. Um, okay. But I, I want to do one brush, like one broad sweep here um, and, and just kind of go over it for, for people who may not know the story from beginning to end. And I consider myself one of those people because, you know, I, like everybody else on social media one day, just saw this change happen. So, uh, you know, can you give me a little bit of insight in terms of how how point one uh, kind of came to fruition and then, you know, what rumbled it to say, okay, well, we're going to start, you know, something new over here. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, so without mentioning the name of the series that we were all with, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Taylor, which is the series president of Point One Off-Road Racing, uh, Heath Day, which is our course wizard. I mean, the guys, you need to get him on the show first off, uh, if you yeah. can convince him to. But uh, he's our course wizard. He, he's in charge of safety. Um, he's kind of the, the, the go-to guy, right? He's the everything. Uh, his wife, Carrie Day, she's just awesome with the merchandise and uh, you know, working with the spectators and the fans and the racers and, and slinging merch all day. Um Myself, obviously, I'm on the microphone. I handle 90% of the social media side of things mm-hmm. uh, with Kevin. And then Ian Boyce also handles um, our website design. Um, he handles some social media when he gets a chance to. Hey, I hear the dogs. Um, so Ian's you know, a new team member for 2021. Uh, his wife, Catherine, she is the assistant race hill manager. She will be working with my wife, Amy, in the timing sense. So without... Amy saying, okay, Ian, you can send them. Nothing's going to happen. So Ian's going to be running our starting line. So he's the one that's in charge of saying, okay, you guys can go. And when I say you guys, we run two different cars at the same time on two separate timed hills. We're unlike any other series. Um, Kevin and Heath Day come up with this about three years ago, and it's really been a hit with the drivers because mentally you're racing that guy next to you, uh, but physically you're just racing the clock, right? So that's kind of our what makes us different from other series uh, and then you've got jan collins who is in charge of uh recovery you know he drives his big buggy all over the hill and he flipped the guys back over uh with Heath's help as well and then jerry foley you know, everybody knows jerry right i mean he's our little cat herder if you will where he's down there in the staging area getting all these drivers staged i mean it's hard enough to do it with just one driver but imagine trying to get two drivers to the line with two more drivers lined up behind that and two more drivers behind that. I mean, it's, it's a full-time job and I do not envy Jerry for that job that he has, but I mean, that's so I went to uh, a race at blue holler uh, kind of after the, uh, after the off season here. And that was something that I, I was like strain. I, I, I guess I had never been close enough to like the starting line, to kind of see, you know, how the, how the, what's the phrase, how, how the sausage gets made. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they, they, there wasn't a whole lot of like order to that race, but it was, it was still very cool. Very, very great. But uh, yeah, people were scrambling to get whoever was next. And some people actually got to run twice and, you know, yada, yada, yada. It was a really interesting scenario. And it kind of painted a picture for me that, you know, order and planning on that side is so important to the final product because, you know, I, I've the, the big internet debate, right. Is, you know, mm-hmm. course on course choice is, 
is, you know, do you want to do bounty hills or do you want to do a more short course style with a hill incorporated? And I, I personally, uh, like you hear the bounty people or the anti-bounty people always say, well, it takes too long for recovery and in between drivers. And personally, I was, you know, they had a huge bounty hill. The recovery wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, you know, it can be, but the thing, <clears throat> thing that it took the most amount of time and something that I personally saw that could be more efficient in that particular race was making, making sure everybody was in order, lined up, ready to go, ready to rip. You know, the order was clear. Everybody knew what was going on. It was this really weird communication flaw. And I think that right. that, you know, is so overlooked from the fan perspective where, you know, just the organization that you guys do in pre-planning and things like that, just getting everybody in line. That's just crazy how that's so effective. Yeah, that, that's, that's huge with us. And we actually, during our driver's meeting, we will do our driver shuffle live. So we have a super duper spreadsheet that Kevin created and he has all the driver's names listed, you know, one through 40 say, and he'll randomly ask, you know, one of the drivers, Hey, give me a number one to five. They'll give him a number. He'll shuffle the list that many times that's your running order for the big bouncers. And then he'll do it again for the side by side class. And then what we actually have is little triangle, aluminum triangles, if you will, or squares um, <clears throat> that you'll tie wrap to your car. And then you're going to stick a number that we give you on your car. So whether it be one or three or 14, whatever, that's the number on your car. That's your running order. So we can easily tell from the front or the back of your car where you are at in line. And it's helpful because we'll run, you know, just say evens on the blue lane and odds on the yellow lane. So mm -hmm. it's easy to know, okay, you're this number, you need to be in this lane now. So that, that's really streamlined our process. And I think we're going to streamline it, streamline it a little bit more for 2021 where, mm -hmm. you know, these drivers love them all to death, but they don't listen all the time. So we just have a white sticker <laughs> with black numbers. We yeah. think we're going to make the UTV numbers different from the bouncer class number. That way they can easily distinguish, Hey, this is my number. Gotcha. Right. You may have a, a one in bouncer, say you're Timmy Cameron, you may have a one in bouncer and a 13 in the, in the side-by-side -side class. Mm -hmm. So he'll grab a, a one from the UTV table and a 13 from the side-by-side -side class and know that it needs to go on each particular car. So we're doing that. Yeah. Hopefully it'll streamline the process a little bit more. Something else we're going to be doing uh, for 2021 is we have a 65 inch TV that we're going to put in the staging area. And it's going to do two purposes. One, it's going to let the drivers know what their times are currently on that hill. Uh, the second thing is going to let them know that, hey, I'm up in three cars or three more passes. I'm going to be going. So uh, it, it'll really help streamline the process and move things along. And then we also live stream. And when I say live stream, I'm going to put air quotes around that. We live stream our times at the race hill for the spectators. So the spectators mm -hmm. or the family of the racers can log into our Wi-Fi and see where their husband or boyfriend is in relation to, you know, hey, how far behind Timmy is he or how far ahead of Ryan Boyd is he, et cetera. So we try to do that for full transparency and let everybody know, hey, you know, we're not changing times. You guys, what y'all see is what we're entering into the computer. And then we have the two big timer display boards that actually show the time up as the driver finishes the course. Yeah, I, I actually really like that idea because uh, it essentially it becomes a scoreboard, right? So you can sit and, exactly and you have a scoreboard. Uh, that's it seems 
the the answer that you just gave me there is so simple, but yet so effective. I, I'm I'm a big fan. That's that's some well thought out. Uh, sounds like it comes from experience type of idea. So I, I dig that. That's really great. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it, it's taken us a while to get here, and and we kind of had the idea last year, just wasn't able to implement with the big TV in the staging area. And of course, this is going to be weather permitting. If it's pouring down rain, we're not going to put a 65 inch TV out there. Um, but we're going to try and adapt and overcome if we can. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this because, you know, you guys are your own flavor of off-road racing. Uh, there's not any organization that does it like you guys, but you know, with the recent fracture into a new race league, did you guys ever at, at a, at any point think to yourself, Hey, let, you know, I want to say this. Did you ever think that, or have the inclination to reach out to another race organization uh, or an already existing organization and say, do, would there be room for a partnership here or something like that? Or would, was the idea, you know, right from the get go, you know, a brand new thing. It was pretty much right from the get go, a, just a brand new thing. We're going to do our thing. We're going to run our Hills. We're going to run our courses. Um, as we know, the drivers do race multiple series, right? And we encourage them to race multiple series. We don't call them our drivers, right? Because they're, they're drivers and mm -hmm. they, they just want to race and they just want to compete. That's all they want. So all we're trying to do is give them another Avenue and give them back the Avenue that they had before the split with just a different name, but it's got the same face as everybody knows. Gotcha. And and that's really the, the, the vibe that I've got from all the other interviews and things like that is, uh, you know, I think that the family atmosphere is something that you guys again and again have reiterated and, I've gotten that from drivers that I've interviewed, you know, every single time that's something that they bring up about racing with you guys is mm -hmm. the atmosphere. It, it they, they couldn't put their finger on it, but they feel it when they get there, if that makes sense. So uh, right. I think that that's really unique. And, and I wanted to ask, what are you guys doing as the management to, to cultivate that kind of community? Uh, it's hard to say that there's one particular thing that we're doing other than transparency, right? I mean, we are as transparent as we can get as far as from when drivers register, what the registration cost is going to be, what our payouts are. Um, our payouts are actually cash on the spot. Uh, I remember this past season, I had a conversation with Cheryl Davis. She said, hey, what are y'all's payouts? And I just rambled them off. I said, I think it's this, you know, off the top of my head, I was in race mode. And uh she said, well, how do y'all pay? I said, well, what do you mean? We, we give you cash today. And she just couldn't fathom that we were paying cash on the spot. Um, so I, I guess what sets us apart is the transparency and also that we do pay cash on the spot the day of the race, which I don't think any other series does that. If, if you don't mind me asking, how do other series pay out? I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar. I'm not not out there winning races, let me tell you that. <laughs> right, right. Um, and neither was I. Um, my understanding is with other series um, is that they will mail you a check, uh, you know, the week after, two weeks, whatever it may be. They will just, you know, put you a check in the mail. We're going to give you, you know, cash. You can have gas money and get you some barbecue on Memphis on your way home. So, yeah, yeah, cool. That's awesome. Uh, so I want to talk to you guys about some of the, the course design and things that you guys do, because when you guys go to a park because of your tandem style racing, you know, you can't necessarily 
run the same hill that other organizations run because it's may not be set up to run two at a time or something like that. You know, what would you say makes the perfect hill for your tandem style of racing? Oh, that's a tough question there. Um, if you've watched any of our races in the past, you'll know that we do have uphills and downhills and 90% of the time, I'm not going to say every time, but 90% of the time we're going to run some fresh cut Hills that we cut ourselves. Um, so when I say that, you know, we're going to cut them, then that's Kevin Taylor, Heath day, Carrie day, Jan Collins, and now Ian Boyce, they all get there on Wednesday and they start cutting the Hills and laying them out on Thursday, sometimes Wednesday night. And you know, they're, they're cutting the Hills on Thursday and, and even sometimes even Friday and getting everything strung up. So <sighs> there's a lot of downhill in our stuff. And if you look, um, a lot of guys are fast at the downhill stuff. And that's where a lot of the time is being made up is in the downhill sections. Derek West is one of the fastest downhill racers you will ever see. Um, he's starting to get some competition now, but he's, I still think in my book, um, probably the top downhill racer that we've ever seen race. So yeah, really, I guess I'd say the downhills is what makes us different. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I think that style is bleeding over a little bit, uh, but I do really enjoy watching your guys' race, especially the race footage, because, you know, it puts everything into semi perspective, because if I have a favorite driver uh, like Tim Cameron, for example, or if I have another favorite driver, we use Steven Rogers and you get to see them race side by side, it really puts into perspective you know, machines, how the machine handles the same hills because you guys ultimately end up, you know, swapping the the lanes, right? Isn't that correct? Correct. Yeah. So you'll you'll run a say you're you know, you run the yellow lane first, you will come back and run the blue lane second. Gotcha. <laughs> so, so each driver will hit both hills. Yeah. So you get a direct comparison, basically. And it really <clears throat> starts to put everything into perspective. Whereas something like, you know, a Crandon where you see all the cars on the course at the exact same time, you know, that's a little different than how it plays out where you got, or where, where we have like drag racing, you know, where it's just one car at a time. Uh, I think it's very, very interesting what you guys have, have built because again, there's nothing like it. And I think that it's really unique. Now a question is at what point does the hill become too, uh, too difficult to do what you guys do on there? Is there any like defining factor not really. Um, if you really go back and look at some of our past races is we are typically going to set up a easy hill and I'm going to put that in quotes, right? An easy hill and then a difficult hill. And the reason why is we want to be able to focus our recovery efforts on the more difficult hill. What we've learned though, is that people see this so easy hill over here and they end up overdriving the easy hill. Well, now all of our recovery efforts over on the easy side. So, we're not out there to destroy your rig. We're not racing bounty hills every race. Uh, we're just racing, you know, two good race hills, one that's a little bit harder than the other, or one that's maybe a little bit easier than the other, um, just so we can focus recovery efforts on one particular side. Uh, like Hawk Pride this past year, um, it was the left lane. I can't remember what color it was. I think it was blue, but... Uh, that was the easy lane. We ended up having more recovery on that lane than we did on the, the more difficult lane. I'm sorry, it was the it was the right lane, the inside lane there. Um, 
but we ended up having more recovery on the easy lane because drivers were overdriving that hill. Uh, Kevin Taylor was one of them. He rolled his, you know, his Porsche on that hill and almost tore up. If he had had his hood on there, he would have torn up his brand new hood and I would have been sick about that. Yeah, I, uh, I would imagine so. And he has a very unique build. Um, but before we get away from it, uh, I wanted to ask you as the, um, commentator, for the sport, like for your organization, you're the voice, you know, how, how do you approach a weekend? How do you prepare yourself to get in front of people, stay entertaining and do all those different things? Do you have strategies to kind of build up conversational topics and so on? Um, not really per se. I mean, I sent out uh, last year, I sent out basically a driver interview question to each driver. And, you know, it was, it was more of, you know, where are you from? Tell me a little bit about your rig. Who are some of your sponsors? And I know 90% of this information, but my favorite question in there was, what is one fact that people don't know about you? And Timmy Cameron was the favorite answer I've ever seen. And his was, he will never ride a roller coaster because he's not in control. And it just kind of hit me. I'm like, that's, that's right. That makes perfect sense. He's not in control of what he's doing. He doesn't want to do it. So that's very interesting. That's kind of how I prepare. And then I love to clown on people. I mean, you can ask the Canadians, uh, Nick Wright and Cody McQuillan and them boys up there. They're from uh, Wisconsin, but I call them Canadians. Um, I'll see something on social media or a week or two before and be like, yep, I need to remember that for come race day. Uh, Johnny Gibbs, he's the king of the trees, right? He's always going to find a tree on a, there can be a race course with one tree and he will find that tree. Um, so I'm always just trying to find different information so I can clown on these different drivers and kind of get them, you know, get them riled up a little bit and get them excited about the day. Yeah. So let me ask you this because I have been putting a lot of thought into how does rock racing as a sport, um, do a couple of different things. Uh, and, and the first one I'm going to say is going to, it's, it's towards you directly rather than the race organization. So when you're the voice at an event, how do you do you carry yourself in a way that is is more professional or is it more casual? And, and what I mean by that is, uh, I had a short interview with um, one of the hosts from the Southern Rock Racing Series, Hillside Live, and I, I mentioned to her, I was like, you know, occasionally, uh, if I'm just a fan who stumbled onto this event or live feed, and I hear someone in the background who's your announcer you know, saying things that maybe only would make sense if I was in the inner circle of the off-road world, uh, you know, it might turn me off to what's actually happening in the background. So are you right. conscious that you're, you know, representing more than just yourself up there? Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I know that I am the, I hate to say it, but I'm the kind of the face of point one, right? I mean, I've been on the shows, I've done the podcast, uh, I'm the microphone guy. So I, I'm the one that these fans see and, and I have to think when I kind of scan the crowd and I see these little six, seven, eight, nine year old little boys and girls, mm -hmm. I got to be very conscious of what I say, right? Because you say one wrong thing, one wrong phrase, and then you've got this Karen just hammering in your ear and we're a family friendly event. At least our series is a family friendly uh, series. We want them to bring their kids out, whether it's racers or spectators, because we know that kids are the future of this sport. I mean, look at, um, you know, look at Owen Garris up in Perryville, Missouri, and really these next two are going to be out of Perryville, Missouri as well. But you got Owen Garris, you have uh, Jake Christensen Jr., and you have um, 
oh my God, she's going to kill me. Uh, Jay Stort's daughter, Jaden Stortz, you know, three 12, 13, 14 year old kids. They're the future of this sport, but what's coming up behind them? You have the seven, eight, nine, 10 year olds. Mm -hmm. you, know, you don't want to rub these parents or, you know, the wrong way by saying the wrong thing. Because, I mean, again, we're a family-friendly environment. Yes, there's going to be alcohol involved as far as the spectators. We can't control mm -hmm. what they bring. Uh, but we do not allow any of our family, and that's why I say that the crew, they, they we're not allowed to drink during race day. Now, after the race, yes, we can have a cold one. Mm -hmm. um, and same thing with our drivers. It's all about safety. We don't want them mm -hmm. drinking. If we suspect that one of them is under the influence, you're pulled off the line. You're not racing today. Uh, so again, it's all about safety and making sure the kids and the families are having a good time at the race. So I really do have to watch what I say. Um, I don't have the cleanest language in the world and just a normal conversation. Sure. But I have to catch myself just about every race from going off on somebody, especially when people start, you know, pushing in on the boundaries. Yeah. Um, I kind of lost it at finals, uh, this past, uh, finals at Labor Day weekend at Mid-America Outdoors. It was the, the bounty hill and, and these spectators just kept getting closer and closer and closer. And I finally just screamed on the microphone. All right, we're just going to shut this down folks. And I think I dropped a few F bombs and I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I feel, you know, I apologize, but y'all getting under my skin now. So mm -hmm. you need to back up. Um, so yeah. I, I'm very conscious about what I say. It's just sometimes in the heat of the moment, I will let something slip every once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. And, and let me say that, uh, I, I say that because, you know, I think that rock racing and again, for my regular listeners of the podcast, they'll hear me say it all the time, but I really think that we're in this pivotal spot where, uh, you know, we've, we've got the attention of more than just the off-road community and we're really starting to get some traction. So I, I always like talking to uh, people who are in the sport and people who are voices of the sport and, and just say, you know, how do you think your piece of the puzzle um, affects the future of our sport? And, and, I, and it's, you know, with things like that, being mindful and things like that. So I always like getting people's take. But uh, the next thing I really wanted to ask was um, as you guys move forward, there was a very interesting idea that spawned an early of it was, I don't remember if it was this year, this year has just been one big blur for me. I believe it was early in 2020. There was a notion of a uh, rock bouncing or rock racing national points uh, like series. And I, yes. I believe Nick Corton, Corton, Cortenberg, I'm going to, I botched his name. Sorry. Yes. He had, you know, uh, just a list of points across all all of the race series. Now, mm -hmm. could that be an entity that that is outside of, or we'll, we'll call it outside of point one, but under the umbrella? Because I, as a fan, you know, if somebody wants to log that data and just keep it out there, that's a really interesting statistic that I think could be, you know, like lucrative to have on hand. Yeah, uh, Nick really had something going there, and I'm not sure exactly what happened and why it, mm -hmm. it failed. Uh, but obviously with COVID, a lot of sponsors had to pull back sponsorship dollars, and we totally understand because nobody really knew where the entire world was going to go with the economy. Uh, even my company, I mean, we're an international billion dollar company and even our CEOs like, Oh, let's pump the brakes. You know, let's, let's watch our spending. And we ended up, you know, did cut, you know, we did cut a lot of costs in different places, but we're getting back to normal, even though we're probably in the height of the pandemic, 
we're getting back to our normal selves and we haven't slowed down as far as what we're doing as a company. Uh, we've probably mm -hmm. actually grown during this whole pandemic pandemic, yeah. uh, which is surprising because not many people have unless you're in the healthcare industry. So I, I think there's definitely room for this world. I think it was the World Rock Bouncing Championship is what it was called. Um, and I've actually got the spreadsheet that Nick sent me. I was working on some special formulas for him. Mm -hmm. um, but I really hate that it failed after about the third or fourth race because it really could have gone somewhere and even if it, there wasn't any money on the line or if there wasn't even a trophy just something cool to say hey i was the you know the world champion and rock bouncer yeah yeah absolutely and and i as a fan like if i knew that there was either you know two races in one weekend you know i was like oh so and so's not going to this race series but they're going to this one so you know is someone who may finish third normally over here is going to finish first place over here like how does this all it's it, it became like this added layer of like the the it was the underwebbing to bring everybody together and and that was really Correct. where I was leading this this conversation was do you ever foresee a future where all of these organizations are meshed into one and we have the MLB of you know rock bouncing <sighs> I mean, it's a possibility. I mean, you'd be more talking like an NFL setup where you'd have the, the north, south, east, and west divisions within a conference. Uh, that, that's a possibility. I just don't see it happening in the next five years, say. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of other things need to happen. I mean, you have to have the attention of ESPN or the X Games, et cetera, to really get it on a national level. Right now, it's more of a regional, Midwest, southern region, I guess you could say. Um, but going back to your, your champion, your world rock bouncing championship, you know, somebody that would normally finish first over here is not here, but the third place guy now finishes first. Well, what was interesting about the way Nick had his point structure is if there was 20 racers at an event and you won that event, you would get 20 points. Well, this other event where the guy did not show up to and normally finishes third had 40 racers. Well, instead of finishing third, he finished first. Well, he now has 40 points for that event, mm -hmm. and the other guy only got 20 for his event. So you'd really have to look, you know, if there were stacked weekends, and we're doing all we can not to stack weekends on any other series because there's only so many weekends in a year, and I think right now we're okay as far as not having any stacked weekends. Mm -hmm. But if you do have stacked weekends, you really have to look and say, okay, there's more racers here. This is where I need to go if we're going after the world championship. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, we averaged 35 bouncers last year per race, which was a lot. And we're not going to be surprised if we see over 40 this season. Yeah, that's huge. That's a, you know, it, it's like 35 doesn't sound like a huge number until you put it into perspective of like, there's 35 machines out there. There's 35, uh, you know, tr trucks and trailers and the whole setup and the whole shebangs. 35 racers fills up a park partially and then it, yes, it does. so that's it does. uh that's pretty interesting I, I i enjoy hearing that you guys uh have big numbers and that you're looking to have even bigger numbers uh this year so uh let me ask you this though one more thing before we move on from the the united rock bouncing league um do you think that it would garner the national attention quick or more quickly if all of the leagues on their own formed this rather than relying on like a network or something like that to build it out or where you could, or, you know, the four or five chairmen could walk to their network and say, Hey, 
we have, you know, this to bring to the table as one unified group? Uh, I'm not going to say it's impossible. I mean, it's definitely possible. You just have to have that sit down meeting with the different heads, right. Of the different um, series saying, Hey, this is what we want to do. And, and that's kind of what Jason at mid America outdoors is doing. Mm-hmm. He's about series. It's about the racers and, and, and that's what it's really about. So we're really looking forward to going up and helping out with that event uh, this coming July because it's, you know, put all the egos aside, put your, your series stuff away because you are now visions off road is what you are. You're not in RRA. You're not pro rock. You're not point one. Your visions off road is what you are. Yeah. And uh, so you actually cut out just a little bit there, but for those listening, uh, he mentioned the visions race uh, week that's happening in uh, it's happening in June. Is that correct? June, July 16th to the 25th. Okay. July 16th to the 25th. And uh, that's going to be a big one. And I'll be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, a couple iterations of visions happen and we start to see, some unifying force like visions itself where everyone does come even if it's one time a year and and you know we build this case for visions and we take visions to espn and say hey just cover one race a year because right now cbs sports covers king of the hammers you know Uh, and they do they do an entire race series on just king of the hammers and they i mean to be honest i'm sure they do some small coverage of the rest of the old four series but they don't care about the rest of it you know, essentially we're, we're building out or I'm not going to say we, cause I'm not including myself here, but what's being built out is a, a King of the hammers of the East East coast Midwest. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that something very, very cool is going to happen here. I'm, I'm very excited. Oh, it definitely will. You know, cause Dave Cole with ultra four is actually involved with visions. Right. Um, so it, it may happen sooner than I think. I'm just trying to be realistic here and saying it's probably going to be five years or so or so out before we really get to that level. Would I love to see this on ESPN or NBC or CN, uh, 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 CBS, Fox Sports? Heck yes, I would. I just don't know if it's there yet, but I think we're definitely working that direction, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we have between the, the three or four or five different series – there's more races in a season than there are NFL games. I mean, the NFL season's what, 16 weeks or 17 or 16 regular season games. And then you have your three postseason games. So you're talking 19. We're probably pushing 20. Oh, we're probably pushing 25, 26 races in a season, excluding visions, excluding uh, King of the Hammers and Ultra Four, because I'm just talking rock bouncing. You're you're in that 25, 26 races a season already. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's half the year. So let me ask you this. You know, you said realistically we're a little bit away from that. What do you think it would take for us to realistically make that gap where we were ready to take it to that level? What What's missing? What's left to do? I think what's really missing there is the bigger, and you know, don't take this the wrong way, but the, the bigger marketing partners, the Coca-Colas, the, the Pepsi Co, the, 
you know, uh, Pampers, diapers, whatever. It's going to mm-hmm. take those huge national companies to step on board and become a marketing partner with several of these series. And then they say, hey, this, what is this? You know, we need to go see what this is over here, you know, happening in, in Missouri or, or Tennessee or Kentucky. And I think that's what it's going to take. It's just one or two of those huge marketing partners coming on board with one or two of the series. And then you'll really start getting some more national attention because they're going to do what? They're going to cross promote for you. Next thing you know, you're going to see a Budweiser commercial that has 0.1 off-road racing. You've got Timmy Cameron blasting uphill. Well, the guys out in Utah that aren't familiar with this and the guys in North and South Dakota that aren't familiar with this, they're saying, hey, what is this sport? I need to learn about this. Mm-hmm. You know, How many people in New York know about this? Not many. How many people in well, Arizona, you know, that's a rock crawling capital out there. So, mm-hmm. but rock crawling and rock racing are two totally different sports. And mm-hmm. what we do is nowhere near what ultra four is doing. Right. So yeah. rock racing as a whole is out there and starting to get that national attention. We just need the rock bouncing scene to get that national attention by one of those huge marketing partners. Mm-hmm. And so don't think it's from a lack of trying. I mean, I'm definitely trying yeah. every Avenue I can. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. And also, I don't take any offense to the marketing thing. I don't, I don't, I, I feel like uh, I was on the phone actually today with uh, one of the sponsors of my show, and I told him I was like, man, sometimes I feel like I have imposter syndrome because I'm a guy who you know interviews all these guys and and is at heart just a fan, getting to talk to the people that make the you know make the sausage and make the bacon and all that kind of fun stuff and. Uh, it's nice to know that there's other people listening because uh, the show is growing huge. But yeah, every single day, I do not at all consider myself a part of the machine, I guess you would say. Well, uh, I mean, I'm just who you are. I mean, you're, you're no different than D-Pats or Mad Ram 11 or Busted Knuckle or, or Hog Team Films or even Eagle Eye. I mean, every one yeah. of you guys that's in the media, we call them media partners. Mm-hmm. Y'all all have your own place in the market. And without y'all, Rock racing wouldn't be known to what it is, right? I mean, y'all have really taken this and exploded it, and mostly credit given to uh, Cole Shirley and Matt Myrick. I mean, those guys took the rock racing, rock bouncing scene and just, I mean, they blew it up, right? And then here comes everybody else. And don't get me wrong, I love every one of our media guys. Um, uh, Bub Meadows, you know, I think you know who Bub is. Uh, yeah, he lives out there in Tennessee. Um, he messaged me when he saw the point one logo. He's like, man, what's going on here? I said, just be patient, you know, and he committed to me to come to our entire season this year, which is awesome. Um, he's going to be co-dogging with um, Bebo and yeah. you know, he's gonna be riding with him to the races, save him a little bit of money, you know, each of them a little bit of money on fuel. And it'll be cool to get another photographer out there. Um one of our marketing partners, um, it's, it's a team of guys, and Steve Summers is going to come down and shoot photography at, at our first race in uh, Illinois. Uh, so it'll be cool to get different photographers out there that haven't been to, not necessarily a race, but to one of our races and see how yeah. we do things slightly different from the other series. Yeah, and so, I'll tell you this too. Uh, I was also on the con- on the phone today talking about this, that uh, especially the media guys, we all rise and fall together. Uh, you know, I know that uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's the total off-road podcast. They partner with you guys. And I actually listened to the episode that you were on here recently, just to kind of get an idea of, you know, what people were asking you, because I don't want these interviews just to be, you know, another iteration of the same information. I always like to have something a little bit different. 
And uh, I absolutely, I enjoyed it because uh, back when I used to have a much longer commute, because right now my commute is about 30 seconds from the top of my stairs to the bottom. But when I had a longer commute, uh, I used to like, I used to really like morning radio. And when I was listening to to the episode you guys did, it's, it's so funny because I can tell that you guys all like spend time together and you guys know each other because it's like morning radio with a, like three goofs, man. It was just, yeah. it was fun to listen to. Uh, I had, I had a good time and, and you guys are cracking jokes at each other. I thought it was really great. So I, I really like how everyone has a little bit of a different thing going on. And even in the, in the video sector, you know, uh, Mad Ram has he covers his son who's starting to uh, do dirt bike racing. Matt Myrick does the trail ride revolution. Uh, High Octane is doing his own trail ride and stuff. I think that it's really cool how you know everyone has their own different flavor. And I had a conversation again with someone the other day, and I was like, there is so much time during the day to consume all of the content that you want. And if someone doesn't fit your need, that's okay because you know, we all can eat, we all can find our place. And I think it's really great to have, you know, a mentality of everyone rises together rather than, you know, uh, pointing fingers and shooting guns at everybody else. That's not, you know, conducive to growth. So I think that it's really unique because I've experienced that in the community and, and, you know, just hearing, you know, the positive feedback that you just mentioned there about all the media guys. I know that um, everybody, you guys, racers, uh, media, everyone just puts so much time into this. So it is nice whenever, you know, your favorite media outlet, send them a message, your favorite race series, your favorite race guy, send them a message and just say, Hey man, thanks for racing. Thanks for doing it because it makes a huge difference. Cause I know if someone sends the, you know, point one, uh, group says, Hey, I'm so excited about the race season. That just gives you guys a little bit more fuel to get it going again. Oh yeah, it definitely gets us pumped up, and you know, and not to leave you know any of the the media partners out, but if you you know talk about working together and et cetera, look at um, Jonathan Wright with Black Dog and Dylan Patton with Dpats. I mean, they worked together at most of our races because we run, <clears throat> excuse me, two hills. They can't shoot both hills at the same time, so. Yeah. Jonathan's on one hill, Dylan's on the other hill, and they're both shooting. Um, Last season, I, I ended up grabbing a camera and filming for Charles uh, yeah. at one or two races. I filmed at uh, Bridgeport this year for Charles. Just anything you know, I can do to help spread the word. Granted, now I don't have the free time because I'm busy, you know, running my mouth all day at you know different <laughs> races and telling people to get back. Um, but you know, I'm always wanting to try to help grow this sport and and get it to that national level that it needs to get to. I'm not saying that I'm the guy for it but I'm definitely not going to quit. I'm going to keep trying. Uh, you know, we were talking today in our, in our family chat, uh, the point one family chat is, you know, I brought a couple of new marketing partners on board today. And, uh, one of the guys said, how, how, how are you doing this? I said, it's easy. Just don't take no for an answer. You know, make them want to partner up with you. And I mean, yeah. we've been very blessed with a lot of the marketing partners we've gotten on board for 2021 and we're not stopping. I mean, we're going to keep pushing on until probably mid January and we're going to get as many as we can to help grow this sport outside of your normal people. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. we have several new ones that have not sponsored anybody in the past. I mean, we have a gas can company. Really? It's not necessarily a racing gas can. It's fuel works. I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with Tim and fuel works uh he's got yeah. the fastest flowing gas can on the market but i hit him up and i was like hey man i need you to sponsor us 
you know, I want you to become a marketing partner for 2021. And he said, well, work me up a package. We worked something up, shot it to him. He's like, yeah, I can do that. So I, I just, I won't take no for an answer. I'm going to make them realize it's a good idea to get on board with us because we're going to help grow your product and help grow the sport. Yeah. And it's awesome too, that you're the voice because uh, I always give Miles Hasselquist with uh, Ultra 4 his, like, I just recently interviewed him and I tell everyone this, if there's anybody that, that as an announcer, commentator, podcaster, whatever, if you want to provide value to your sponsors, look at that guy, because that guy, I couldn't tell you who came in third or fourth place at a race, but I can tell you, you know, you have the King Shock Rock section, you have the the you know progressive insurance kicker or something like that. I know all of the sponsors, and it's so amazing how you can uh, you know as a racer, just little subtle things you can do to promote your sponsors, things like that. Uh, it's just amazing how you can become such an asset. You know you don't even have to win. It's just by saying you know if you if you go up, you blow your motor up into a million pieces on a hill. You come back, you get with someone who does media, and you say hey had a terrible race. I would have had it pinned at 14,000 RPM and the motor blew into 14 million different pieces, had a great time. And I know that my, you know, my rad flow shocks are still going to be good the next day. Like if you can do that, you'll get sponsors. You'll get value. It's, it's, uh, there, I, one of the goals of the podcast is lifting the veil of how to get help and not be afraid to ask for help. Uh, in, in a variety of different ways, because, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that sell their soul to do this because they love it. And uh, I, I, I want to help those people. And, and if I can share information on how to help them, that's my that's my goal. So I, I appreciate you, you know, kind of giving your strategy on how to get those things done. I like it. Oh, no problem, man. You know, and, and I, I don't remember. I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I have about an hour drive to work and an hour drive home every day. And I don't remember if it was yours or if it was um, Trip Nichols. Oh, man, yeah. I don't forget the name of his show. Uh, but Talent Tank. Yeah, Talent Tank. And it, and it, it was uh, – I think it was Miles on the show, but he was like, look, uh, it may have been Pam Hall's interview. I'm not real sure, but basically drivers, you know, come see me, right? I've got yeah. the microphone. I will get your name out there. I will get your sponsors out there in front of the crowd and, and on our uh, on our different videos. Um we need to help grow this sport together. And the only way to do that is by unifying everybody and saying, Hey, let's talk. Um, some drivers, I understand they're very shy. I'm not going to name who he is, uh, but he's very shy. He doesn't like talking on camera, <laughs> but ironically he's been on Nick's show a couple of times. I think yeah. he's been on your show a few times. Um, yeah. He doesn't like talking on camera. He's a very, very shy guy, but he's got every sponsor you can imagine. Right. Yep. What about those little guys, the Nick Reichs, the Cody McQuillums, the Orland Mears? You know, they're not as well known as, say, your Timmy Cameron, your Brandon Davis. How do you yep. get your name out there? Yep. You get your name out there by sticking your face in a microphone and saying, hey, I'm Orland Mears. That's right. Fact. That's it. That's, That's how you it. do it. You get on your show. You know, you get on Nick's show. Uh, you get on Total Offer Podcast. You get on the Talent Tank. You know, like I said, I listen to three different off road podcasts yours toll off road podcast and, and um, the talent tank. And then I watched Nick's show almost religiously. Well, that's my entire week of driving to and from work. Cause most of them are about two to two and a half hours. So some bleed over from Monday into Tuesday and Tuesday into Wednesday, Wednesday, et cetera. Uh, yeah. But I'm trying to absorb all the content that I can because 
where's that one tidbit of information going to come from that I don't know about, say, Brandon Davis? We're, you mm-hmm. know, just different drivers that race our series. I want to learn as much about them without them knowing that I learned about them so I can use it against them later on in life. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And uh, before we go to close out on, you know, the race series details, um, I wanted to ask you, just looking to 2021, what's got you excited? What do you just, what what gives you that, that motivation to keep pressing hard? Uh, what gives me the motivation is all of the feedback from not only the racers, but also the fans. Uh, when we all made our announcement, I forget, I think it was November 18th it was, uh, that, hey, we're no longer part of the other series. I think it started at 8.15, 8.30 that night, and it didn't stop till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And it was the feedback from the racers and the fans saying, hey, guys, w- what are y'all going to do? We were going to race with y'all in 2021 what are y'all going to do we we want a place to race i was only going to race with y'all etc and that's what's really fueling all of us right now we all have a fire lint under us that you just cannot imagine and we're fired up and ready to go and we're looking forward to 2021 but i'm going to say that the parks that we're visiting in 2021 has really got me excited uh we're going to two new parks that we have never been to um, one I don't think has ever had a race there, and it's actually in southern Illinois. It's called Williams Hill Pass. Uh, yeah, I it's, a lot, it's a lot of natural rock section, so it's going to be old school rock racing, but two at a time. Um, that's actually March 20th. Uh, it's in Harrisburg, Illinois, so we're all looking forward to it. A lot of them, the Carnage boys live up there, you know, Jed Harper, uh, Jeremy Taylor, I don't think is too far from there, uh, Johnny Gibbs, and I don't think it's too far from Nashville, maybe a few hours or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're in the area, definitely come by, you know, we'll put you on the media list. We'll get you in you could at least check out what our racing's all about and yeah. maybe get some interviews while you're there. You just never know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let me ask you this too, because, uh, one of the things that we mentioned, you know, I, I reached out to you and I said, uh, save some information for me. Uh, after all your interviews, uh, where's finals going to be for this year? Have you guys determined that yet? <sighs> if we would have recorded this like two days from now, I could probably answer you. Uh, <laughs> that has where's not been finalized. Like? Um, I, I, I'm not at liberty to say right now. Um, okay. I, you know, we don't want to anything nothing's been set in stone we think we know everybody else thinks they know but we just cannot talk about it at this point Um, but it will be labor day weekend i I do know that for a fact that it's going to be labor day weekend of 2021 Um, i was hoping we would have that solidified by today um you know with us having to push the show back a week but we just weren't able to nail that down um in the past week or so but we're supposed to hopefully hear something back tomorrow or wednesday on that okay well perfect uh so now if you don't mind uh can you tell me uh entry fees when i have to have my entry in by any special rules or regulation you guys have and then where where drivers can sign up and i think that, that'll pretty much cover everything i had for you yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, the all of the information can be found on our website. And if Jesse, maybe if you could add this to the to the YouTube link, is going to be point one dot racing. So it's it's very simple. Point one dot racing. Um, and we have different tabs in there. Information tab has all the different rules for the 
unlimited class, which is the big bouncer, and then the side-by-side -side class. Um, it has our entry fees, which I'll go ahead and say that. Uh, to race the unlimited class is $200, and to race the side-by-side -side class is $150, and that's per race. So with four races, you're talking 800 bucks and 600 bucks. relatively cheap entertainment to go out there and thrash on your rig and have some fun. Uh, standard safety rules apply, helmet, Hans, fire suit. Um, one thing that sets us a little bit different from the other series is the other series will allow wrist restraints. We require window nets. And if you look on our website, it tells you specifically how we want you to have that window net mounted. It needs to be mounted with window bars, not tie wraps or Velcro or anything like that. And it needs to be mounted on the inside of the cage. So anybody that's interested in racing with us, shoot myself a PM on Facebook or shoot us a message through our website and make sure that you're going to be legal to race because I'd hate for you to pay the $200 or the $150 and you're missing a window net because you're a single seater and your arms can reach out both sides of the car. So if you're a driver's side, left-hand side of the car and you cannot reach out the passenger window, you only need one window net. If you sit center seat like Wade Good and Wyatt Wilson and those guys, you need to have a window net on both sides. Um, that's we're very strict about that. Um, make sure your equipment is in good working order and it's in date. If you show up with high waders on as far as a fire suit and it's coming up halfway past your calf, we're going to say something to you and say, hey, you need to get you a different fire suit because we're not doing it for us. We're doing it for you. I mean, could you imagine what it would feel like with legs or burns halfway up your leg? You'd be miserable for months. So we're doing that to protect the drivers. And I think you're muted and you're trying to say something. There you go. No, I was just saying that would be awful. I'm sorry. Yes. And, and we had an incident um, this year where not necessarily an incident, but uh, a rig caught on fire. He blew a, I think he blew a hole in the side of his block, which means oil got on the exhaust, which was a flash up fire. Right. And had he not had a firewall, had he not had a properly fitting fire suit, he'd have had you know, burns down his leg. So we're doing this to protect the drivers because we are all about safety. We want to keep our drivers safe where they can come back and race the next weekend. Because we know, again, a lot of them race multiple series, and we'd hate for something at, at our series to knock them out from something else. Uh, which is a, a neat little thing that we're doing for 2021 is we're going to have teams. So say there's a team of myself and you, and we're both racing as a team. So I can make the first two races, but something comes up, I get sick, I break my leg, whatever, and I can't make the third race. Well, you, Jesse, can fill in for me as part of my team and drive your own car for that one event. So you can run, you know, the way it works is you can have one driver run all four races. You can have one driver run one, the other driver run three or two and two. It doesn't matter. It's just you cannot be racing for my points and racing for your points at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And we started that because a driver got injured in another series. And this year, or excuse me, in 2020, he got injured in another series. And his son ended up having to drive for him. Well, one race is cool. That second race, he was losing points. And I think he was in top 10 before that happened. So we're trying to make sure that we're, we're across the board fair to everybody because you can't change rules halfway during a race season. That's going to create so many different issues. And you cannot change the way something's doing from the start of the race to the middle of the race to the end of the race. It's got to be the same from the start to the end. 
Yeah, understood. Uh, so that's pretty much all I had for you as my, my dog goes crazy in the background. I think Amazon is here. Uh, but that's pretty much all I had for you. Did you have anything else you wanted to bring up? Um, I just kind of quickly, you know, run over our schedule and maybe drop a couple of our new marketing partners that came on board, uh, well, in the last uh, six or seven hours. Um, but our schedule is March 20th, Williams Hill Pass up in Harrisburg, Illinois. Uh, after that, June 5th, we're going to be in uh, Moorhead, Kentucky. I've never been to this park up at Dirt Nasty, so I'm really looking forward to that. I think that's relatively close to you as well, isn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, we've got two relatively close to you, and then our third race is at uh, Hooter Holler Off-Road, which is in Mountain Grove, Missouri. We raced there uh, this 2020 season, had a really good turnout down there, and even though it kind of rained the night or the morning of, it turned out beautiful about 10 o'clock, an hour for race time, and we're looking forward to going back there, and hopefully it'll be dry this time. Um, finals will be Labor Day weekend, September 3rd through the 5th. Again, location to be determined. I know we keep saying that, but hopefully this week we'll have that nailed down. And then we as a family, excuse me, we are all headed to uh, – Mid-America Outdoors, July 16th to the 25th for the Visions Off-Road event. And we're not there as promoters. We're there helping Jason and Christina and Jared and the entire Mid-America staff, whether they need us scrubbing toilets or serving beer. You know, we're going to be there to do whatever they need. If they need us, you know, to show racers where they're supposed to park their rigs at, et cetera, we're going to be there for them. That's what we're, you know, we're trying to do. Um, and again, it's Mid-America's five and a half hours for me. So if there's a race there, you bet your bottom dollar I'm going to be there just because it's so close and I love the park. It's almost – I'm this close to getting me a permanent RV spot up there. Wow. I'm just I'm on the cusp of saying, hey, just here's my credit card. Run me for the entire year, and I can just yeah. show up or even – my wife had mentioned buying a house in Jay, Oklahoma, just so we can have a place close. So, I mean, we love, really, really do like this park. And, and the amount of effort that Jason is putting into this sport and the park and the amount of revenue he's putting back into his hometown of Jay, Oklahoma, is just phenomenal. I mean, what he does for that community is just beyond anything you could ever imagine. And if you've never been, yeah, got to get to – you probably need to come to the Visions race this year. Um, it, it's eight days. You don't have to be there the whole eight days. But, I mean – you're going to have rock bouncing, hill killing, rock bouncing, knockout. Same for UTV, short course, short course endurance, 4,400 endurance, mega trucks, monster trucks, uh, enduro. I mean, it's anything and everything off-road that you can imagine they're going to have there. I mean, Dennis Anderson was out tolling around out there a few weeks ago. So it, it tells you it's going to be epic if you've got Dennis Anderson out there checking things out. Yeah, and uh, just between you and I, because there's nobody else here, uh, I yeah. might be there. It, it's a it's a very high possibility that I might be there. So we'll see how that works out. Um, well, there's a I'm high possibility. Yeah, I'm, in, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm planning on being there for the probably nine or ten days. Um, my job, obviously, I can work remote. So can you? My wife works for the same company. She can work remote, and that's actually going to be crunch time for her. So she'll be held up in the camper or somewhere in the dealership uh, or somewhere on the park property just turning out invoices. So we're going to be there the entire nine, ten days. Um, 
whether we're in the camper working or we're out there on the hillside helping doing whatever we got to do, we will be there the entire point one crew. And, you know, you talked wow. about uh, Total Off-Road Podcast, Ian. Well, Ian is part of Total Off-Road Podcast. I just want to make sure we could clarify that. Yeah. So he's the one that's going to be running our starting line, and he's actually coming down from Illinois for the uh, entire event as well. Man, that's awesome. So uh, it is possible that I will be out there and see you guys and finally get to uh, meet the uh, meet the whole crew in person. And uh, if I don't get a chance to make it to a race before then. So, uh, Shelby, that's pretty much all I had for you, though. Is there anything else we missed? Um, just want to drop a couple of our marketing partners that came on board yeah, today. Like we're talking about um, Dano, uh, Danny Kelso, Mr. Dano's Cages. Um, me and him have kind of been working back and forth, and we finally you know, solidified that deal today. So he's coming on as a marketing partner for 2021. He's actually going to donate a razor, two-seat razor cage for our raffle at the end of the season. So technically, you can win a cage for a dollar raffle ticket. Wow. Uh, years past, we've given away a set of 43SX stickies. Um, this year, we're going to have a turbo 400 transmission. Uh, Fritz Performance Transmission uh, just told us last night that he's back on board for 2021. And then uh, Nick Barna up in Wisconsin with ball joint eliminators. He's coming on board for 2021. He makes the eliminator that eliminates the upper ball joint on your F250, 350, 455, 50 knuckles and makes them a hell of a lot stronger. Uh, so, yeah, it's... Um, it's really exciting to get these, you know, these two new guys on board. I've got a list of about 15 or 16 other marketing partners. We're going to be making different social media posts for them throughout the next few weeks. Um, if you really pay attention, you can kind of see who we've got because we're constantly sharing their post, uh, just doing whatever we can to help, you know, support their business and grow their business as much as we can. Absolutely. We all rise and fall together. And I have no doubt that you, uh, that's a great investment on their end so uh where can people follow the race series on social media and where can people follow yourself on social media uh on social media you can find the series at point one off road racing and that's two words for off road uh it's again point one the word and the number are together uh on instagram that was on facebook excuse me on instagram it's just point one off road uh on the ig uh, myself, I don't even know what my IG handle is. I think it's SS St. Clair. <laughs> I rarely use it because I'm always on the on the point one page. Uh, and then, of course, myself on Facebook, Shelby Scott St. Clair. You can find me. Uh, my account's 99% of the stuff I post is public. Again, we're about transparency. A lot of times I'll post something that's just for me or it's a rant fest about a family issue, and then I'll go in there and turn it off where nobody can see it. I just had to get it out there off my chest, and I accidentally posted it public. So 30 minutes after people start commenting, I'm like, ah, let me go edit that privacy real quick, and I'll just make it for myself. Just kind of as a bad reminder of, hey, don't do that again type deal. Sure. Um, but you know, my life's an open book, man. Anything anybody wants to know, feel free to ask myself. Um, again, Kevin Taylor is the series president. He has pretty much turned 90% of the workload over to myself and Ian. And we're glad for that because it kind of gives him a chance to breathe because he was holding the brunt of the load for the entire uh, last four seasons. Yikes. Well, I'm glad he has you. It sounds like he's in good hands. Uh, we, we try to hold his hand just about right. Um, you know, again, these guys are all family. Uh, like last week, I don't know if you saw, uh, we actually gave Heath Day and surprised him with a kayak for Christmas. Uh, 
uh, you know, he had made this post and I'd always wanted to do something special for Heath. And before I could, or before Kevin could just go online and buy it for Heath, um, I'm out there raising funds for it. Cause I wasn't about to shell out 1500 bucks for a kayak. And, uh, Kevin's message was like, hurry up, let's get this deal done. I mean, I think it was two hours. We had most of the money to get it done. So again, we're a family. We try to take care of each other and, you know, we will fight you tooth and nail to the end to protect our family. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, Shelby from point one off-road racing. Thanks for being on the show today, brother. We'll close it out here. Stay on the line with me, everybody. Thank you for listening. Shelby from Point One Off-Road Racing. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good day. Right now, uh, Super Grip ATV Tires obviously is very famous for their K9 tire, an eight-ply sidewall, one-inch tread depth uh, tire that comes in two different options. And within those two options, you have two more options. And what I mean by that is there is a standard compound. There is a intermediate compound, which is a little bit softer. It's going to be a little high-performing tire. And then you'll have Kevlar in uh, both of those tires as an option. Uh, and, you know, if you don't choose Kevlar, it's going to be the nylon radial belt, you know, normal setup for a tire. However, if you do choose the Kevlar option, the Kevlar is bead to bead, which is very uncharacteristic of Kevlar enforced tires. Supergrip ATV tires have been very good to me in terms of the business. They are currently just like everybody else experiencing some crazy back uh, i guess back orders is the right way to say it uh, and there the tires are selling as fast as they get to the dealer they're probably already sold so if you're interested in the tire go check out facebook instagram super grip atv tires you'll see some videos and uh, some pictures of uh, utvs with those tires on there and there's some very high performance tires let me tell you guys that a lot of rock bouncers run those tires uh, a lot of trail guys like myself run those tires. So supergripatv.com and supergripatv on Facebook and Instagram. The next sponsor of the show is DinoJet Research, Inc. DinoJet is the performance standard for UTVs, particularly when it comes to power delivery mechanisms and clutching. Now, what I mean by power delivery mechanisms is the device that delivers a tune to your UTV nine times out of ten if i'm not mistaken it might even be higher than that is a dynojet power vision tuner now what that does is that's just a, a little device a little handheld plug-and-play system that dynojet has made so that you can build your own tunes you can buy a tune from another third-party vendor like trinity aftermarket assassins or anything like that and you can basically plug it into the cpu or the ecu of your razor or utv whatever it may be and then boom you've got more horsepower now they also have some solutions to help support those horsepowers such as uh, bigger turbos bl uh, not blow off valves necessarily but uh intake tubes charge tubes all those kind of crazy things they can get you pushing a ton of power i run their stage 2 power kit which includes a power vision 3 tuner and it also includes the clutch kit. The clutch kit's super important if you're planning on running a big size tire. But you guys can find them at DinoJet. Uh, let me double check. DinoJet Research Inc. Uh, on Instagram and Facebook and DinoJet.com. Our third sponsor is arguably the sponsor with the most momentum going into the new year. I'm very excited. A friend of mine, Chris, his business, Diddy's Big Block Race Shop, is booming. 
they have been doing a number of shock revalves, uh, resprings, all that kind of stuff for UTVs and full buggy applications. What Chris does at Diddy's Big Block Race Shop that's more, I guess, special than anybody else is he'll truly walk you through the entire process. He's, he's one of the best in the business when it comes to the end result. I run a set of his valved uh, shocks on my car and we pretty much nailed it right out of the gate it's been really really great i have a completely different trail ride uh, i'm much much smoother you know my back doesn't hurt after a day of riding i don't feel like i got beat up in the car so a lot of fun there diddy's big block race shop is your one-stop shop for utv shock tuning but they also specialize in end-to-end um, you know, basically turnkey builds for full-size buggies, all kinds of full-size work, and he can do everything from uh, zero to 100% of a build all the way down to 95 and do the last 5% for you. Whatever it may be, Diddy's Big Block Race Shop has it in mind for you. Now, uh, another sponsor we have is irate4x4.com. irate4x4 is actually something that I just jumped on this morning. Uh, it's a forum for all kinds of people to post up their builds, what they're going through, any questions, any advice, any experience they had while they were doing their business. So I jumped on there this morning. I saw a 4900 UTV class uh, build, and I just kind of watched this guy over the last year uh, you know, in a matter of a few minutes here while reading through his build thread, I watched him build his entire UTV, got to see the mistakes he made, the recommendations he made. It was a really great resource to get someone's unfiltered uh, opinions on a bunch of different things. Irate 4x4 is underrated, you guys. You guys need to get on there. Before you start searching all the social medias for all your different resources and things like that, I highly recommend that you check out irate4x4.com. I-R-A-T-E 4x4.com. Make an account, log on, introduce yourself, and get yourself plugged into the community. I know that you'll be extremely happy. Next on the list is All Things UTV. A lot of you guys know who All Things UTV is. Uh, I did get word that they're running a little low on inventory, but they're still taking orders, and they'll still sell you what they have in the store right now. <clears throat> One of the things I know that they'll have in stock is the Razor 8 Inner Fender Liners and the Razor 8 Axle Magic. The Inner Fender Liners are a must-have on my car. Uh, what it is is basically a steel sheet that protects the inside fender well of your UTV in the front. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, why do I need so much protection in such a weird place? Uh, but what that does is if you're doing any kind of trail riding at speed or you're doing just cruising, coming around a corner maybe a little too fast, a stick pops up and goes through the firewall. I've seen it far too many times where a stick goes through. I saw one where a gentleman got his leg impaled by a stick or it just barely misses your passenger or you by chance. Uh, let me be the first to tell you, I will not take that risk. All Things UTV, Razor Aid Inner Fender Liners, without a doubt, has me covered because it's a nice piece of fitted steel that just covers that entire area and makes it a million times stronger. Absolutely glad to have those guys on board. AllThingsUTV.com and AllThingsUTV on social media everywhere. Next on the list is Infinite Off-Road. Infinite Off-Road is running a huge Black Friday sale. I'm really excited to have those guys on because not only do they have some of the best products in the industry, but I know Mike, the guy who runs Infinite Off-Road, uh, just from buying, being one of his very first customers. We live in the same town. I bought a light bar from him in 2013. And uh, the next thing I know, here we are, uh, and he's got a large variety of extremely high quality products. 
He also offers the listeners of the show 10% off um, the entire uh, website using code word ROCKS, R-O-C-K-S, at checkout. will get you 10% off the entire website. Highly recommend you check out the um, rock lights that are on sale, light bars, light pods. There's going to be a lot on sale this weekend uh, for Black Friday, so stay tuned for that. I also want to give a shout out to our latest sponsor, Axial Racing. Don't really have a whole lot to say about what we're what we're up to, but uh, I can tell you that we've got something really cool coming, and uh, I'm really glad that those guys have jumped on board for the show as well. 